many times have you celebrated your 39th birthday? When age 50 creeps up on us, we deny it, hide it, and do everything we can to ignore each birthday that comes after. But why? Let's celebrate our voices of experience. Whether you're passing 50, passing 60, or approaching another decade, we've got great discussions and guests to help you embrace every year you've got under your belt. If you're passing 50 or more, pull up a chair. We've got something just for you. Now, here's your host, Robin Boyd. Hello, everyone. This is Robin Boyd with you today on Passing 50. You know, there are so many times through our lives, and I have to say this show is probably going to be geared a little bit more for the ladies. Um, all through our lives, we have struggled with that time of the month, or as my mother used to call it, the curse. And then all of a sudden in midlife, you realize all of a sudden there is this release or this um time, a period of time when you go through a transition. We call it the change. And this change does uh, occur sometimes quickly. Sometimes it takes forever. And of course, when you talk to our families, it takes an eon, an eternity, and we'll never get through the other side. It's wonderful uh, to joke about it. And, and it's wonderful to look at it with humor. Um, it does happen to us all in one way or another. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today uh, with some lovely people who you have heard on our show before, Dr. Jacqueline Yang and Dr. Jessica Cooper from New England Integrative Medicine. I wanted to share a couple of things that I found online. It just kind of cracked me up. It just sort of sets the, the tone. Um, this one woman wrote, our mothers never told us there'd be days and weeks and months and years like this. You think they took a vow of silence. Well, anyway, I think somebody needs to make a kit like the one they gave out in the sixth grade, the pads, the belt, something happens to girls. It's normal, said the booklet. Don't be afraid. I need a book like that with homey pearls of woman wisdom for this later stage. It does kind of make you feel like, gee, it's something else that nobody told us about. And then somebody else, I found another little quip that was kind of cute. My husband, being unhappy with my mood swings, bought me a mood ring so he'd be able to monitor my moods. Well, we've discovered that when I'm in a good mood, it turns green. And when I'm in a bad mood, it leaves a big red mark on his forehead. <laughs> uh, maybe next time he'll buy me a diamond. That would probably hurt even more. But anyway, as you can tell, uh, many of us who've already been there, done that, uh, know what the other side is. And it, there is uh, a delightful uh, outcome, I can definitely assure you. But in the meantime... Um, we're going to talk about menopause. We're also going to talk a little bit about some of the other midlife um, issues that we as women do um, face. We have to consider osteoporosis. We have to uh, consider our weight changes because things do change. Our metabolism does change. Um, so we need to be ready for it. And therefore, I would love to introduce you to Dr. Jacqueline Yang and Dr. Jessica Cooper, who are going to help us with some some, some guidance, some advice, and some assurance that, yes, we are all going to come out the other side alive and sane. Dr. Yang and Dr. Cooper, welcome to the show today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. 
Thanks. We're so glad you're here. Well, you know, there are so many times that I think um, it's easy to just quip and say, I know I've been in many a meeting at work and someone will all, all of a sudden the door flies open or the window flies open and we all know we just don't need to say anything. It's just, okay, it's a moment. We're just having, uh, you know, our own little private sauna or our own little private uh, trip to the, to the, uh, the jungle or whatever, but it is something that becomes uncomfortable and serious and we do have to face it. <clears throat> so let's, excuse me, let's kind of talk a little bit. What, what is menopause exactly? I'm sure many of us know it, but do we have any indication about when this might begin for any woman, say if they're in their 30, 35, 40 age is there an indication of when this might start for them? Sure. Um, so there's always a perimenopausal state before um, someone actually experiences menopause. And so in the perimenopausal state, that's when people can start noticing changes in their period. So their menstrual cycles start mm. a little irregular. And, you know, some symptoms could be, um, you know, even some fatigue or minor hot flashes. That's definitely possible. And then as they see that their periods stop, that's when usually the symptoms of menopause get more severe. But usually the first first mm. person will notice is that, oh, my period was two weeks late or I skipped a month, um, but I got my period back. Um, so that's usually the first thing that a person will notice. Yeah. Do many women miss a period and then think, oh, my gosh, am I pregnant? <laughs> yes, yeah. very often. <laughs> Because you can still get pregnant in your 40s or, you know, I think I knew someone yeah. pregnant um, late 40s, early 50s. So, um, you know, yes, but that's that's when a person should go to the doctor and have it checked out, rule out pregnancy, um, and see also if maybe a missed period or irregular period isn't something more serious. Hmm. Dr. Cooper, is there um, a reason why fatigue seems to plague us, especially at this time? Well, in general, with the fatigue, um, you have a lot of different changes with sleep, and um, mm -hmm. that can contribute to fatigue. Um, also, the hot flashes, having them at night can contribute to those sleep difficulties, and then you can also get tired. Um, but also just like the decline in hormones kind of decreases our stamina. So again, you can have increase in fatigue. Yeah. Dr. Yang, there is a lot to do with hormones at this time. And our, we talk about raging hormones in jest, but what really is happening to us at this time? So the estrogen levels and actually even progesterone or even testosterone sometimes are actually lowering. So the body is preparing to get out of that fertile state. So as you get older, you're not supposed mm. to, naturally you're not supposed to be able to have kids. Um, so it's sort of shifting your stage of life. Same thing can happen with men, you know, but there's andropause as well. And that's also contributed to lowering of your hormones. Um, so it's a natural stage of life. It's just a matter of how are you going to transition into it. And so one of our goals at our office is to make sure that our patients get through that change, get through that transition um, as easily as possible. 
I I know that the, you hear of a lot of supplements. Are, are the supplements actually helping the change in hormones or is it actually just helping the symptoms that we're experiencing? They can help with both. Um, depending on which herbs, I see. With, depending on which herbs or supplements are being used, um, the idea mm. is to provide the body with things that help support the person through that transition. Um, but sometimes, if a person is going through very, very severe symptoms, for example, symptoms that makes the person not sleep at all, you know that could be yeah. that insomnia can be an obstacle to cure. So often, you know, sometimes um, we may need to implement some natural remedies that might help support hormone levels. Um, but the goal is to help nourish the body itself to help to help it go through that transition on its own. Hmm. It is difficult, and I know um, I I didn't feel well. I have to say I had a unique situation personally in that. I uh, had a bout with cancer, and so I went through uh, a menopause rather early. And then, of course, um, I came back. I started a period again, and then I went through menopause again. <laughs> so I I had it twice, uh, but the I do know the second time it was not so much the hot flashes as it was um, – just the grouchiness and the crankiness and and very much like that that little ditty was my family didn't know you know one minute it was very easy to deal with Robin and then all of a sudden it wasn't very easy to deal with Robin and of course when you look back on it you think really was I that bad and I'm sure there were days that I probably was but is irritability something that really is um Hormonal? Are we really suffering? And we've got about three minutes before our break. Um, are we really talking um, about a physical irregular irregular hormone level that's really causing this crankiness? Well, um, I believe it's a combination of a few things. But yes, when you're okay. having decline in hormones, that can cause irregular mood swings. I mean, if you think about it, before you actually have a menstrual you menstruate, those PMS symptoms are actually due to fluctuations in hormones. And so you're kind of experiencing, yeah. you know, the, a fluctuation, but more so a decline. But then also, you know, going back to the sleep, that can contribute to not, you know, feeling your best and, you know, being a little irritable too. So it's kind of a combination. Yeah, if the body is not... I remember, if, yeah. If Go you're ahead. not feeling well, then it's you know, definitely that can lead to irritability or a general discomfort. Mm -hmm. And it could be hard for a person to have a stable mood if they have so many symptoms going on and if they're not feeling well. Right. It's true. On the other side of the break, I'd like to talk a little bit more um, about nutrition and um, things that maybe are helpful for us, maybe things that we weren't as aggressive uh, dietary-wise in our younger years, maybe would be more practical or beneficial to our systems. We're talking today with Dr. Jacqueline Yang and Dr. Jessica Cooper. They're from New England Integrative Medicine uh, out of, um, uh, I'm sorry, Salem. Is that correct? (laughs) Salem, New Hampshire? Salem, New Hampshire. Salem, New Hampshire. And do you have an office in Boston as well, Dr. Yang? 
Uh, yes, just a small practice in Boston, um, right in downtown area. Wonderful, wonderful. And it's newenglandintegrative.com if you'd like to go to their website and check out a little more information about each of them and also all of the wonderful services that they provide. We're going to talk a little more about all of those things that we've got to face one at one time or another right here on Passing 50. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Stay right where you are. Passing 50 will be right back after these messages. Welcome to Geraldine Tegelov Live, the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author and intuitive, Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. Gain a fresh perspective on how to redefine, reinvent, and rebuild your life. Join Geraldine Tegelov live every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Toginet Radio Network. A couple of minutes older, a couple of minutes wiser. We're back to a great discussion on Passing 50. Hello, everyone. This is Robin Boyd with you today on Passing 50. We're talking about the change, and we're also talking about a lot of other things that happen to us in our middle years. Um, Sometimes they can uh, make us smile. Sometimes they make our family crazy. Uh, But nonetheless, it's always uh, a surprise every day. You wake up and you kind of wonder, uh, this is is going to be an an adventure no matter what way. We're talking with Dr. Jacqueline Yang, who a board-certified naturopathic doctor in New Hampshire, practicing in Concord, New Hampshire, and Boston. Uh, your office is in Salem as well, Dr. Yang, and um, you learn the importance of nutrition and the holistic approach to one's well-being at a very young age, and that helped you to uh, decide to pursue your education in advancing knowledge and understanding in naturopathic, homeopathic, and traditional Chinese medicines. Dr. Jessica Cooper is also with us, a board-certified naturopathic doctor in the state of New Hampshire. And at the age of 16, Dr. Cooper discovered her love for nature and its great impact on the human body and decided to pursue a career in naturopathic medicine. Something I think many of us are more and more fascinated with and sort of thirst for more information. Um, and I'm so glad to have the both of you here today to talk um, about some very honest things that we go through uh, at this stage. And this can actually start um, for some of us maybe in our 30s. Is that correct, ladies? Yes, that's definitely possible. Um, depending on, you know, genes, uh, it can be pretty helpful if you knew sort of what your uh, mother or grandmother went through and sort of generally what age that they went through menopause. Uh, but it also, mm. it can also happen to whether um, someone has surgery or if they have a hysterectomy, they can also present with menopausal symptoms. 
Interesting. Now, I know a lot of people ask, does it have anything, the timing of this change, does it have anything to do with when you started your period? I'm not sure if there's any data on that, Depend, you know, if the okay. person started their period earlier or later. Um, I think it more yeah. has perhaps how the person um how the person eats and what the lifestyle is like may play a more of a role in how, you know, if let's say they end up going through menopause a few years earlier or later um, because of the hormonal impact of diet and lifestyle. It's, I, I guess it's just going to be a surprise. It's nature's surprise <laughs> whenever it happens. I guess we sometimes have the blessing of, of uh, becoming pregnant and, and being a surprise. And now we have this and it's a little surprise for us. We know it's coming, um, but we uh, have to find the best way to get through it because obviously we, we're going to have symptoms. We're going to have difficulties. We're going to have some days that are going to be harder to get through. We're going to have those hot flashes, but we still have to function and we still have to be cohesive. We have to be bright at our jobs. Um, and sometimes it, it might just take a little more effort and, whether it be wearing layers so that we can just be physically more comfortable or um, being prepared um, maybe for um, uh, a, maybe our sensitivity. Would you say um, that there are things that we can do dietary-wise to be able to help with some of these symptoms? Now, I guess before we talk about dietary, though, when we're talking about a hot flash, what's actually happening in our body? Well, it's been speculated or it's a theory that the withdrawal of estrogen in our body kind of offsets our internal mm -hmm. temperature regulation. So then, like, our body um, kind of senses that it's hotter than it's supposed to be. So then our blood vessels open and we sweat <laughs> And so we go through all those mechanisms to, like, cool off our body. So that's, that's the theory, yeah. theory behind it. Because I know, I mean, some people just get a little flush and you get a little red in the face. Mm -hmm. Some people are extremely discomforted by this. It's the, you know, the ripping off the shirts. The, uh, <laughs> I the need to go change. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm on my third outfit of the day. Thank you. <laughs> but um, so knowing that this is happening and whether it be the hot flashes or the irritability, are there certain things that we could either eat or drink or supplement naturally that is going to help at least with the symptoms we can't do anything about the fact that our body is going through this change but what about some dietary things sure the first thing could be avoiding the common triggers of hot flashes which tend to be spicy foods caffeine alcohol um, and even just things that are too hot or being in an environment that's too hot can really throw off and trigger a hot flash and then in terms of mm. other great things to think about is, you know, making sure you eat a heart-healthy diet, um, avoiding a lot of refined sugars and a lot of inflammatory foods can actually help not only for the hot flashes, but also for, you know, your overall health and also the next 
30 years after menopause. And of course, not that we haven't always been conscientious of our weight all along, but it is, is it a little bit harder to keep your weight down when you're starting to go through menopause? And then of course, afterwards, is there a reason for it other than, I mean, we might be eating the same thing, but all of a sudden we're realizing that we're getting that pudgy going on down there. Yes. I mean, weight, weight gain is a common uh, observation and complaint and then inability to lose weight. I see that often in my practice. And a lot of it could be from the hormonal changes. So sometimes, too, with menopause, you know, it's not only the sex hormones that change, but other hormones in the body can change, for example, like thyroid, adrenals. Um, the body just sort, sort of slows down a little bit because during that phase, your body wants to survive. It wants to prolong life. So you don't necessarily want to have a very, very fast metabolism. Um, because that actually will mm. change lifespan. Interesting, interesting. I know, you know, there is so much about health, uh, a diet and and uh, eating healthy and the organics and the uh, natural foods. Um, I think we're all getting the, the finally it's sinking into us. <laughs> we we know we do need to eat healthier. Um what about some of the sensitivity that happens, especially uh, intimately? Um, are we, uh, we're probably not prepared when we become intimate with our partner that there might be some sensitivity. Should we be afraid of that or uh, is this something that's normal as well? I don't think you should be afraid of it. And, you know, talking with your partner is one of the most important things when you go through this transition so that, mm-hmm. your, so that your partner understands what's going on rather than that person being left in the dark. And then that will also help with that sort of change in the intimacy. And, you know, there are some things perhaps that the partner can do to help with any, you know, symptoms of like vaginal dryness or um, or just even the the anxiety or fear that might be there because if a person is mm-hmm. embarrassed or, you know, those, you know, that has some changes in their in their mood, you know, so it's good, mm-hmm. it's really important to talk with your partner uh, to make sure that the both of you are, you know, on the same page with things. It's true. I, I know I have uh, been very open with my husband about our feelings, sensitivity, and so forth, which has been helpful. Um, and sometimes there's a discussion before, which sometimes dilutes your your uh, uh, little um, <laughs> inspiration, if you will. Um, but it, it's important because uh, there, I know it's very uncomfortable, and then that is a real um, turn off immediately when all of a sudden it becomes painful. So I think everybody who realizes that all of a sudden it's not like it was when we were 20 or 30, but yet it's, it's okay to just take it a little differently, or maybe there's a different position that's going to make it a little more comfortable. Or I kind of 
think we embraced it as as a, as an opportunity to try something a little differently as opposed to oh i can't do this anymore because it hurts um it's a good point yeah. doing it differently rather than not doing it at all yeah yeah so you can kind of make that fun but it's true obviously you know a conversation with your doctor or whether it means using a lubricant or or as i say a different position um and as we get a little bit older we're not as as limber as we are but you know we we want to still have that those intimate moments so um it it's important that we are are open with our partners and i think that's so important on the other side of the break, uh, let's talk a little bit more maybe about um, the weight gain and fatigue. And, and I also want to talk a little bit about osteoporosis because many of us do um, know that our bones are a little bit more fragile as we get older and we need more calcium and we need more vitamin D. And um, I think many of us are trying to eat more healthy but it doesn't matter where you turn, you're going to have somebody else telling you something. So it's important that um, maybe we have some some good ground rules, if you will. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. It's um, it's interesting, you know, sometimes to read magazines because I, I find it um, that there are so many fads, so many um, things. And when you kind of get down to the bottom of it, all of a sudden you realize they're all the same. They're all going back to either the green tea or they're going back to um, the kale or whatnot. So it is interesting to um, to realize that these things are definitely um, for our health and it's going to uh, help us enjoy life, whether it's before the change or after the change or whether we're 40 or whether we're 70. Um we're here today with Dr. Jacqueline Yang and Dr. Jessica Cooper, and they are from New England Integrative Medicine. Uh, please go to their website, newenglandintegrative.com. I know the last time you were here, Dr. Cooper, we're got, we've got about a minute and a half before break. You were hoping to uh, start a blog. Do you have um, a time when you're, you may have that up and running yet or not quite? Yeah, the blog is actually up and running. I do have... Super. One post on there so far, so great, uh, good, 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 good. What is the what's the web? How do we get to your blog? Well, you can go to my website at drjesscooper.com, and then there's the main menu, and you can click on blog, and it'll go right into my WordPress blog. Perfect. We're so glad. I'm I'm gonna uh definitely check that out as soon as we are as soon as we're done today. And hopefully we can subscribe to the blog as well. I believe so. I think so. Okay. Great, great. Well, we will talk a little bit more about uh all of those changes and so forth on the other side of the break, right here on Passing Fifty. So stay with us. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Stay right where you are. Passing 50 will be right back after these messages. It's Derek Thompson, co-founder of the Save the Elephant Foundation, was taking a rescued elephant named Kamla for a walk along the river. 
As they were walking, Derek decided to stop and take a dip in the water. But when he called to Kamla, who was waiting on the shore, the elephant thought he was in trouble and came running to his rescue. Kamla charged through the water, sheltering him with her body and offering her trunk for him to hold on to. What's another word for a trained elephant? A kunki. Elephant trainers in Asia are known as mahouts. And the padded seat or saddle used to ride on an elephant is called a howda. Kamla and her mother Bai Tui are among the 70 elephants the foundation has rescued since its inception. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Did you get up and stretch during the break? Great! Now you're ready for the next part of our discussion on passing fifty. Hello, everyone. We're glad you're with us today on Passing Fifty. We are talking about lots of things that we do go through, especially us women who go through in the middle years of our lives, and um, it's just a, a passage of our of what we、uh, are faced with. We we go through it sometimes with humor, sometimes with frustration,、uh, but regardless, we do go through it. And going through it together is making it all the easier. We are together today with Dr. Jacqueline Yang and Dr. Jessica Cooper, and we're talking about some of the things that help us feel better. Whether we're feeling a little cranky, whether we're tired, whether、um, We are feeling a little more weight gain,、um, and I'm wondering. And I, I kind of pose my questions to both of you because sometimes one or the other may have、uh, the expertise in the area. When we're talking about being conscious of our、um, diet, what are some of the things that we should be looking at? As far as I, I'm sure calcium and I'm sure vitamin D.、Um, Are there some other nutrients that we should be assuring that we're getting? I, I, I read the back of a, a multivitamin, and I would much rather be eating good foods instead of worrying about whether I took that multivitamin today. You make a very good point. You know, I'm also、um, more of a proponent for eating your food than taking a multivitamin.、Um, but really, a lot of those nutrients are in fruits and vegetables, and so.、Okay. Not not enough people eat enough vegetables per day.、Um, when I ask people how many servings of vegetables per day they eat, you know, average will probably be one or two a day. When in reality, you know, essentially you should be eating at least five to seven. Ideally, maybe about nine to ten servings a day. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that is surprising. So, For us people who have been negligent all these years, <laughs> and when you when you don't give your body those nutrients, you know the vitamins, the minerals, the, even the fiber from these vegetables, your body can't function properly, and then over time it'll deteriorate faster. And that's when we see more inflammation, we see even earlier menopause or more menopausal symptoms. So I would say you know some ground rules for diet. Really is trying to get your servings of vegetables per day,、um, and other things is you know limiting the caffeine, limiting the sugar, and then limiting the alcohol as well.、Mm -hmm. Does、um, lutein does lutein become more important?、Uh, I'm seeing that 
a lot more in literature is that as we get older, is is this really something that we should be um, being more conscious of? Lutein is really only one of thousands of uh, antioxidants that are found in fruits and vegetables. There's okay. There, all of those small little molecules act as antioxidants that really are found in those, you know, dark dark berries like blueberries, strawberries, blackberries. Those are really good for people when they go out when they're a little older. Um, mm. But the supplement companies might hate me right now. Um, but because we're always trying to find that one thing, right? That if we just take mm-hmm. this, it's going to be the magic cure. Um, but mm-hmm. in reality, it's in the food around us, and we can have more of it. We don't necessarily need it in a supplement. Well, and I think there again, this is um, their marketing ploy. I, I've seen many bottles when you go down the aisle now with lutein or now with this. And so mm-hmm. that immediately makes you say, oh, that's something I didn't realize I needed. I'd better buy this. And <laughs> there it is. Uh, the, the sales pitch worked. Um, right. And then they'll charge you $20 more for it. <laughs> yes, because it has lutein in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, I would, one good one thing that you could incorporate into your diet may be an organic flaxseed. You know, um, the tricky thing with flaxseed is that in order to get the full benefits of it, you do have to consume it right after you grind it because it is oh, so, interesting. Because it's so sensitive to light and temperature. So really I, interesting. Yeah. So I usually recommend buying the whole seed, storing it in the refrigerator. Uh, sorry, uh, storing it in the freezer. Okay. And then either grind it up, like let's say if you're going to make a smoothie, you know, you can just yeah. put the whole seed in there right in the blender and it'll grind it up and then you can drink the smoothie. Or if you don't necessarily do smoothies, you could pre-grind enough for a week and then store it in the freezer and just take it out right when you're going to consume it. That's interesting. Now, is this helping simply for fiber, or are there nutritional benefits to flaxseed? No, flaxseed has omega fatty acids in there that can be very anti-inflammatory. It can also, oh, I see. It can also help with modulating estrogen. Uh, so for oh. females, well, even males actually, uh, it can be very beneficial, beneficial um, as you're going through menopause and even after. Hmm. I do happen to have flaxseed. I've been throwing it in for my smoothies or if I, I, I happen to like cream of wheat and I um, put it in my cream of wheat and uh, I enjoy it that way. But I didn't realize that it's better to to grind it immediately you know, and eat it immediately or fairly soon after. Um, when that, we're talking. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, Robin. Just on that note, too, because cream of wheat is hot. You may want to mm-hmm. put flaxseed over something more cold. Oh, really? Okay. So putting the flaxseed maybe on top of a salad may be a better option. Oh. Putting it on the cream of wheat. Interesting. Now, why? I'm curious. Because it is very heat sensitive. Really? Oh, I've been doing that wrong. Well, I just enjoyed it because it added a little more texture to it. (laughs) Interesting. though. Is um, irregularity something that um, 
we all face or is it just because we're being bad to our bodies for a time? Uh, what do you mean by irregularity? Not going to the bathroom regularly, bowel movements. That depends on the person, on the individual. Oh, I see. I see. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, on... we, we're we not giving medical advice here, but I just didn't know if sluggish bowels tended to be part of that midlife um, thing that we just have to accept and, and be better about our fiber and, and our fluids. Well, so the sluggish bowel movements can be an indirect effect from the hormonal changes. It could be from the oh, lower metabolism. Okay. It could be from possibly a thyroid issue. And Sure. But in terms of also prevention of other conditions that are, are more risky when you get older, you know, colon cancer mm. to be a concern after 50. And so it's important yeah. to make sure that you get enough fiber. But then again, that goes to diet, and you can get enough fiber if you were to eat enough vegetables per day. And then yeah, relating yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. And relating that to, um, you know, menopausal symptoms, if we're not able to um, properly eliminate, that's mm-hmm. how our body gets rid of toxic waste, so then we kind of accumulate that, and that can also add to the picture on how you're experiencing menopause um, as an individual, so how it can kind of influence that. Well, we certainly get fatigued if we're not regular, that's for sure, and and obviously then it becomes uncomfortable, and then we reach for another bottle with (laughs) laxatives and whatnot, so... Obviously, if we can be getting the nutrition in the first place and, and uh, more fiber and those fluids. Now, when we're talking about bone health, um, again, diet must have an important role in that. Um, and we, we, our bones do ch- excuse me, change as we get older, don't they? Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. So um, estrogen can help with, um, maintaining healthy bones. So when we have a decline in that, that's when we start to see more um, or less bone rebuilding and more bone loss. So yes, that does happen. Hmm. Now, should we be uh, increasing, say, vitamin D or um, calcium as we get older? Is that something that we should pump a little more up on? Generally speaking, you know, calcium and vitamin D can be beneficial. Uh, it does, you know, of course, again, it depends on your diet and then also mm-hmm. your density. Um, I do recommend for people to ask their doctors to test for their vitamin D levels because mm-hmm. sometimes I see patients <laughs> taking too much. So you really want to be careful with these supplements. But mm. Generally speaking, taking a calcium supplement, you know, of course, under the guidance of your doctor, generally is the recommendation once once you pass 50. Mm. And again, um, just to reiterate that and, and what I said moments ago, we are uh, talking generally, everybody needs to be having this con- a conversation with their physician or clinician. Uh, they do need to... Um, 
be specific with their own uh, doctor and phys- physician team uh, because we are offering suggestions and we are talking generally. Uh, we do we we obviously couldn't be giving medical advice on on the radio um when we we can, we have one more break coming up and on the other side I do want to talk a little bit about what thyroidism is high, hypothyroidism especially uh because uh I think many of us as we gain weight um our bodies do uh function a little bit differently um and I oh and I guess I before we do go to break I know that was one question I wanted when we do take a supplement and if that's something that our doctor has given us we're we're talking IU's as opposed to say milligrams and that becomes very confusing when we're looking at uh, say a prescription that we have that might be so many milligrams but then we look at a supplement and it's in an IU uh, can you define IU for us. IU just stands for international units, and it's a little yeah. different than milligrams because milligram is uh, telling you how much there is by weight. Um, so it really depends, though, on the manufacturer and how they're they're uh, putting the amount of the serving size on there. And then, you know, ask your doctor, you know, how much milligrams or how many units should I be taking? Because it really does depend mm. with making the product. It's interesting. Uh, I, I know many people uh, do get confused about that. I've heard the, uh, the conversation in the lunchroom kind of thing. Well, uh, I know my doctor recently asked me to um, take a little bit more in vitamin D, and it's hard to kind of know what um, you should ask what is right for you, but uh, knowing what the a typical daily um, adult dose is um is sometimes confusing when you're talking um i use which seem very vague <laughs> you know so many 500 milligrams of our cc's are not cc's i use of vitamin c is going to be very different than um say 2000 of vitamin d so it gets very confusing sure, we do that's... have a break coming up ladies yep um, but I was going to say on the other side of the break. I'll go ahead real quick because we've got we're going out to break. So if you do have questions on supplements, that's when seeing a naturopathic doctor is very helpful with that because we specialize in supplements. And we do want to talk a little bit more just about that on the other side. Here we go. On Stay passing right fifty, where you are. Passing fifty will be right back after these messages. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. cannot live by bread alone. He must have his peanut butter. Peanut butter is a pate of childhood, and it's not just for kids as dogs love it too. Last night I gave my dog a pill hidden in peanut butter. What's a word for a messy concoction that helps the medicine go down? Sliver sauce. Mice apparently prefer peanut butter to cheese when it comes to luring them into the trap. 
But there are even more practical uses for peanut butter. Peanut butter contains natural oils, which makes it perfect for removing all kinds of sticky things, like gum stuck in your shoe or in your hair. What's a word for the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth? Arachibutophobia. And according to Barry Goldwater, if you don't mind smelling like peanut butter for two or three days, peanut butter is a darn good shaving cream. It's words you never I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Want more information or hear other shows from Passing 50? Check out our info page on beckmultimedia.com or our website, passing50.com. Now, let's get back to our discussion on Passing 50. Hi, everyone, and we're glad you're with us today on Passing 50. We're chatting with Dr. Jacqueline Yang and Dr. Jessica Cooper from New England Integrative Medicine. And I wanted, uh, we, just as we were going to break, we were talking about nutrients and so forth. Um, and we do want to recognize that you are both naturopathic physicians. And is this, um, when, when we're looking to, uh, say, take a, a healthier approach and really sort of take our uh, selves by the bootstraps and say, all right, I really am going to become uh, a little more conscientious about my health. I want to um, live this half of my life with vigor and vim, and I'm going to do the best I can. If if I come to a naturopathic doctor Am I going to do this in conjunction with my regular physician? Uh, as I say, I've, I've had uh, cancer. I do have an oncologist. But I would very much like to also speak with a naturopath. And is this something that can be done uh, in conjunction with my medical team? Yes. Um, Dr. Yang and I both actually work with patients and their physicians, so we're definitely open to kind of being part of a patient support team, so giving some, you know, different advice on supplementation or natural health care um, in conjunction with your primary conventional care. So it's definitely an option. Yeah, I think that can be confusing uh, to many people because we have been somewhat ingrained with going to my doctor and our insurance companies drive us to all going to a PCP. Uh, So it sort of intimidates us to reaching out to other medical people who are obviously there for our well-being and can offer an alternative to us um, from just maybe the mainstream traditional uh, ways of keeping our bodies healthy. Um, And I'm sure, Dr. Yang, you probably have had a lot of um, uh, experience with blending that with different people as you've been in in your practice do you find that many uh, doctors are willing to um cooperate I, I guess for lack of a better word cooperate with you yeah so so the more you know as the years go on practicing naturopathic medicine the more i'm seeing doctors actually happy that their patients are seeing a naturopathic doctor because we're helping with the piece that they can't do in their office and so, you know, all doctors, their goal is to make sure that their patient is healthy. 
And if they're seeing that a they're seeing a they see excuse me they see that their patient is seeing a naturopathic doctor, then they know that they're going to be getting care for diet. They're going to be getting care for nutritional support. Um, you know, even maybe even stress management um, or management for you know, let's say mood, if someone has anxiety or even, mm-hmm. you know, has low mood or depression, you know, they're going to be getting that care from their naturopathic doctor. I'm glad to know that. I'm glad the medical field is is changing in that direction. Year, many years ago, and say in our parents' generation even, you had one doctor, what they said was God's word. You didn't, ver- in, in fact, case in point, my mother-in-law uh, is the wife of a physician. She, my my father-in-law was a physician all of his life, obviously, all of his life. Um, and my mother-in-law has the hardest time seeing more than one doctor. <laughs> and I just find it so interesting because it was that generation. They saw one doctor, that was it. And he had, he was a, he was an uh, osteopath. So obviously if she needed an endocrinologist, she had to go to a different doctor, but that was the way it was. You went to one doctor and that was it. And I'm so glad we finally have evolved from that. Um, we, we've we've blossomed, and and there are specialties, but that's where um, seeing more than uh, one person is giving us a complete uh, overview of what our particular bodies need. When we talk about uh, our uh, have someone having, say, uh, a low thyroid. What what do how would one know? Uh, obviously, they're they're tested tested by their doctors, but are there symptoms if all of a sudden our thyroid isn't working properly? Yes, and those symptoms can actually overlap with a lot of um, symptoms of menopause, and they can kind of go together. So some symptoms oh, wow. can be weight gain, um, fatigue, <laughs> uh, mood yeah. like depression. Um, so, and then having some like temperature intolerances, so like being like intolerant to cold or hot temperatures or temperature change. So those can also be signs of thyroid. So both, um, ovaries, thyroid and adrenal, they kind of all work together in sync. And so when one isn't working as efficient, they have to start picking up the slack. And so that's why you can see that when, you go through menopause, and as you start stop producing or decline in producing estrogen from the ovaries, the adrenals picks up slack mm-hmm. into the thyroid, so they can become overtaxed. So they're kind of they're really linked together. Yeah, yeah, and and w- once it's determined that maybe it's it's actually your thyroid is kicking uh, in. Is there uh, medicine that helps it? Is there a therapy that helps? Uh, balance what it's not doing? Yes, there's a lot of different therapies. There, There is medication. There's thyroid hormone medication, but also okay. um, optimizing thyroid function also entails healthy diet, proper digestion, um, good sleep hygiene. So all those things have to also be in check as well. Um, so medication can be an option, but there's also some other basic lifestyle um, treatments that need to be in line for everything to work properly. Mm-hmm. As naturopathic doctors, try to 
get the body to work as it's supposed to do or how it, how it should. So providing treatment or nutrition to enable it to do so is usually, you know, one of the most important things besides providing supplementation. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, can we live without a thyroid if it stops working or if we have to, do we ha- ever have it removed? Is that ever happen? Yes. Yes, it does happen. It's actually fairly common, I think. Um, but yes, you can live without a thyroid, but that does require more um, of a medication because you do sure. have to have hormone to yeah. that your metabolism that maintains your body temperature and just is necessary for you to live, but you can live off of having the medication without the gland. That's that's interesting. Do we um, need to just modify our diet a little bit as we get older, or do we really do need to exercise more, or do we have to just realize that maybe we're going to be 130 instead of 125 for the rest of our lives. I wish I could say I was 130, but um, is, is, um, is more exercise important for more than just weight, I guess, is, is sort of where I'm driving this all to. Well, exercise can be beneficial because it helps with circulation. It helps keep your heart healthy. And exercise... Mm-hmm particularly weight-bearing exercises can help with increasing bone density. So I recommend people to start an exercise program, but this does depend on the person. If the person's never exercised before, has back issues or or osteoarthritis or knee issues, then their doctor should be able to prescribe a specific exercise program from them. Um, If Mm -hmm. someone is already exercising, I usually have to say don't exercise too much because uh, over-exercising is actually, I feel, becoming a, more of a concern these days um, because if you exercise too much, then you can also make cause hormonal changes. You can cause more damage to the body. So really finding a nice balance for you, for the individual, and also you know, making small changes with the diet doesn't have to be you know, a complete diet change. You know, you just do what you can do in order to stay healthy. That's interesting in that <clears throat> I think as we get a little bit older, we're thinking, okay, I've I've been sort of lazy or, or inattentive to my body, not lazy, but inattentive to my body for so many years. Now I realize that I've got to start doing something and we kind of go into the, the Zumba classes and the everything and then all of a sudden realize it's taking us a week to... <laughs> to recover from one Zuma class. So I guess it's it's glad to know that we should do everything in moderation and, of course, check with our doctors um, to make sure what we are deciding uh, to, to try is really in our best interest. Ladies, we're getting very close to the show. Um, is there any other last uh, moment uh, or parting thoughts that you have for our listeners? Well, I would, one of my mottos of life or, health, or to have a healthy life is really just living in balance and moderation. Um, so don't try to do or don't think that you have to do something or be something and do it in excess. You know, just really look at what fits in your life and see what you can do. And one small change can be huge. Um, so I don't want people to feel like they have to make a complete change in how they're living. Just 
even drinking one more glass of water a day is a big change. Or going for a five-minute walk is a big change. Finding that time to walk together is is uh, uh, oftentimes a blessing. <laughs> Well, ladies, I'm very appreciative of your time, uh, and I do want everybody to visit NewEnglandIntegrative.com to learn more about not only Dr. Jacqueline Yang and Dr. Jessica Cooper, but also about what uh, naturopathic uh, and homeopathic uh, methods can do for your health. We also want you to check in with drjesscooper.com and, and uh, start reading the, the blog that Dr. Cooper is writing. That's uh, on my to-do list this afternoon, and I hope you all will as well. Um, and if you want more information, uh, by all means, uh, Double check our, our Passing 50 website and go to beckmultimedia.com. Uh, we will always have shows posted there and at beckmultimedia.com. You'll also find some of our other sister shows as well. So we'd love for you to visit that and find out all the good information that we have. We've got a lot of good information out there. So we'd love for you to, uh, especially with summer coming, Download a few of these podcasts and uh, head out the door and go for that walk and have a little inspiration at the same time. Dr. Yang and Dr. Cooper, thank you both so very much for being here. I, I feel better already. I, I know that I can get through this, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and we hope you'll all join us again uh, another time, another week. Uh, we'll have lots more information for you right here on Passing 50. So join us again. We'll be waiting for you. Take care. We're glad you spent this time with us today. Relax. Passing 50 isn't so bad, and every year after can be great, too. You're in good company. Passing 50 is a production of Beck Multimedia. Join us again for another great discussion right here on Passing 50. Passing 50.